Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. And I'm Al. And we're here, yay! Yes, we are here. We're here, and and we just recorded an episode for the other podcast, my podcast, Stuff and Things. You should check it out, totally. Boom, boom, boom. I'll put a link down below. Just saying. Anyway, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm okay. Um, As mentioned in the other podcast, I just saw Batman. Nice. And before Batman, they showed the new trailer for Fantastic Beasts. Yes. I can't wait to see it. It comes out in April. It comes out in like a month and a little bit. It's There's a lot to unpack in that trailer. Yes. See, and I swear to you that they're in Brazil. I think you're probably right. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is... We've come, we've been led to believe that Kowalski is a squid. Well, at first we were like made to believe that he was a nomad, a muggle. Hey, he's from the U.S. True, you're right. I just hate it. But most of this is filmed <clears throat> not in the U.S., so muggle. Go ahead. Yes. Um, and then we're led to believe that he's a squid because he has his memories of the events after the uh, erase mm-hmm. memory erasing spell that only affects muggles. Yes. And he remembered, so obviously he's not a full-blown muggle. Mm-hmm. And then we see him casting magic in this new trailer. Yeah, and... and like actual magic that he can't control very well. Yes. Magic. And a lot of people I, I've been reading and watching and whatever, people uh-huh. are saying, is it because Dumbledore gives him the wand? That he has because this is just from the trailer is it because it's Dumbledore himself who's given who's made the wand or given him the wand or procured the wand for him well, is Dumbledore. it because he has magic like latently in him maybe not enough for him to have gone to a school or for it to have even registered for him because we know that for for the UK, for magical people in the UK, it's the the quill of of whatever and the book of acceptance or whatever. Whatever. I don't remember what they're called exactly, but there's the pen that is gonna write your name in the book, but only the book will only open if you're magical enough. Well we'll close if you're not magical enough. Yeah. So there isn't anything like that in the US that I know of. So what if he just happened to have some, some, he, he's a muggle-born. But the thing is, I mean. Who just barely had enough magic, but he gets a wand and the little bit of magic he has in him is able to be channeled with the wand. I mean, yeah, it, it's, again, a lot of questions, a lot of question marks, not enough. I mean, it, the whole point of it is to make you want to go watch the movie so you understand what the heck is going on. Yes. Um, a, lo- a lot of stuff with phoenixes, obviously. Well, yeah, and we already knew that that was going to be a thing because, you know, Dumbledores like phoenixes or phoenixes are drawn to Dumbledores. And the whole thing is that he- Credence is supposed to be Aurelius Dumbledore. So, you know... Phoenix. That's just a lie. Oh, absolutely that's a lie. <laughs> it, it just doesn't even make sense. It doesn't um, make any kind of sense whatsoever. There's especially, no way that yeah. Dumbledore has a sibling he's unaware of. Try again. Like. Well, of course it's a lie. A Grindelwald lie. Grindelwald is good at telling lies. And, and convincing people to do things that they're not supposed to do. He's taking an emotionally vulnerable volatile young man and basically helping mold him into what he wants not what the kid wants well not a kid because credence isn't a kid at this point the thing is is that he's but not he might as child, well be but he yeah he definitely responds like one and i think it definitely has to do with 
living a quiet life, not being able to be himself or else be physically abused by his adopted mother. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so Lovely you, Miss what? Bare Bones, was it? Yeah. So you can see how he acts like a child in the first movie. And what kind of emotional development do you think he's had in the past, let's say, year or two? With the... Grindelwald, not much. Exactly. <clears throat> so I don't know how anything is going to play out. I can't even assume anything. Well, and we get to see Queenie. We saw Queenie. She looks Her like sister, she's... Her sister, though, is completely gone. So is so is Nagini. Yeah, but Nagini, I can just go, she's now a full-on snake and she's dipped. Yeah. What about uh, Tina? Where is she? Maybe Tina is, since this is based mostly in the UK or... Since it's mo- since it's based mostly outside of the U.S., I'm thinking Tina still needs to be doing her Makusa stuff. So maybe she just can't be involved at the moment, and maybe she's refusing to be involved because her sister is involved on the other side. Well, no, it's something to do with the f- like. Someone raised the question. If you watch the trailer, she's not in it at all. I know. In the, in the newest trailer, like. There's something happening, and I don't know what it is. I think it, I think it's out of universe. I think it's something to do with the actual actress herself. It might be. And I saw an article about it, but I couldn't. You can't. I, remember I, I, right I didn't now? click it, and I can't find it now. Okay, not not a problem. It happens, but I'm excited to see the movie. I'm excited to see it. There's a lot of movies that are coming out that I'm excited to see. The other one is um, that comes out on my actual <clears> birthday. <throat> Uh, Doctor Strange. It comes that out trailer, on my actual birthday. That trailer was even more all over the place. Right? But I, I have to see it. I have to see it. I especially like when Scarlet Witch says <clears throat> something along the lines of, I mess with the universe. I mess with time and space. And I'm reprimanded. You're, you mess with time and space. And you're honored. It doesn't seem fair, does it? And it's not. No. It is 100% not fair. Do you know that this week at work, I was called aggressive because this man that I have been on calls with before, who talks over everyone and interrupts everyone, (coughs) he did that to me again in a phone call I had with him on Thursday. And I said, excuse me. Let me finish what I was saying. And I said what I said. And he got real quiet. And I said, well, I I apologize. Is everything okay? Well, you came off aggressive. And I went. And was like, I'm not going to say anything. Because if I say something right now, I sure as hell will come off as aggressive. (laughs) Because how dare you? How dare you do something and then be upset when someone does it back to you? <coughs> Double standards. Which is what Scarlet Witch was you said. And I thought it was I thought it was funny that literally that happened to me earlier in the day. And then it's a Scarlet Witch says that in the in the trailer for the new Doctor Strange movie. I was like, yeah, if I wasn't already planning on going, which I was, I'm definitely going. And it's on my birthday. I have to. Just like last year. Was it last year or the year before? It was the year before. Right? Or the year before that. That we saw... um, Oh, no. I'm dating myself. This is why 2019 was last year. Um, We saw... Endgame. Okay. On, on my birthday or right before my birthday. Spicy. Remember that? Vaguely. We went with our other sister. Oh. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that that was cool. There were some trailers of things that I don't want to see. There are some trailers of things that I want to see. There were some trailers of things that I was like, ah, okay. But definitely... I can't wait to see Fantastic Beasts. I have decided 
that it looks good enough that I'm not going to hold it against them that they got rid of Johnny Depp. Mm-mm. However, Aquaman 2, screw you! <coughs> Moving on. True. Yeah. So, what's going on with you? Nothing, really. Other than, your girlfriend gonna be here in like two weeks? Oh, yeah! Oh, my God. True. How excited are you? Pretty. I did. Nervous as well. Yeah. But you know what? It's gonna be really good. You're gonna have a great time. You're gonna... Everything's gonna go great and wonderful and amazing. I speak it into existence. Are you reading? What are you reading? So where is she? Why isn't she working alongside its team? Um, okay, most likely she's pursuing her own mission, either with or without Dumbledore's approval, to find and rescue Queenie. I told you, it's got something to do with Queenie. <clears throat> I feel like if Queenie hadn't gone to the dark side that Tina would be 100% in there trying to do things. But I think, I feel like (laughs) this is as close to seeing someone try to save someone from a cult as we're going to see on screen. Right now. I hope so. Because I feel like that is the, the closest equivalence Queenie somehow got pulled into and and kidnapped by a cult. She's now part of the cult. And Tina has to try to save her and help deprogram her. I mean, stands to reason, but it's also just like, all of it is so out there. It's so out there. Cults are so out there. But I'm not just, not that whole thing. That's fine. But as the trailer, well, not cults are not fine. But, um... <laughs> I knew you didn't mean that cults were fine. Well, people can misconstrue. Misunderstand. Anyways. Yes. What is the bell that, that helps them apparate somewhere? I don't know. I, I feel it? like it's a giant port key of sorts. <laughs> but why is it, like, alive in a way? Or why does it act like... like pictures in the Wizarding World where it it like wakes up and like things move on it and stuff and Dumbledore's just like yes well if we make it to tea time if we're alive by tea time then fantastic like I don't know there's just so much going on and my brain doesn't understand your brain will we'll go see it it'll be fine aye 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 it'll be fine okay um any other Harry Potter news not really. I think that's it. Okay. So, guys, like, follow, subscribe. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group. We're on Podbean, but you can listen to us anywhere. Comment. Let us know what's up. Cool. I just wanted to throw it in there. Yeah, did you Did you also do stuff and things on, like, Spotify and stuff? Um. Well, by the time that you hear this, yeah. our first episode will... Our first and second episode... My first and second episode <laughs> will be out there, um, and I will be submitting it to all of those things. Okay. It won't allow me to submit anything until the episode is actually, un- until at least one episode is actually mm-hmm. published and available. So once that happens, then it'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts. So stuff and things. Check it out. Now on to Harry Potter. Yes. So we are still in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. This has been, it feels like centuries since we started this. <laughs> I know. I know because we oh. end up doing a whole bunch of random other things. So this is season five, episode something episode 31 there you go cuz we've had four bonus episodes episode 31 chapter 27 the centaur and the sneak oh sounds like it's going to be interesting sneaky sneak 
sneaky sneak. But before we talk about the sneaky sneak, let's do a recap. Um, last uh, thing was seen and unforeseen. Oh yeah. Basically, Trelawney gets fired, mm-hmm. and Dumbledore says objection. Well, so before that, Harry Potter's tell-all interview comes out in the Quibbler. Umbridge is annoyed and makes a rule that anybody who's found with a copy of it is going to be expelled. And Hermione's like, haha, now you've made it so everyone wants to read it. Yep. And it's true. Um, and then, like you said, Umbridge, Umbridge sacks Trelawney. Yep. Dumbledore says, uh-uh, she's gonna stay. Objection. So she gets to stay at the castle, but not as a teacher. And then Umbridge is like, well, I'm going to hire so-and-so. And he's like, wait a second, you can't do that. I already have a replacement. And who's the replacement? Firenze. Firenze. Friends. Uh, Friends? Friends? Let's go with Friends. I just went with Assassin's Creed pronunciation. Yeah. So. Additore di Firenze. So that's what that's what we're gonna go with. It's Firenze. Okay. I don't want to say Firenze because that sounds a little much, but Firenze I can say. Firenze it makes sense. Okay. Okay. So, Firenze Centaur, we've met him before. When did we meet him? We met him in book one. One. Oh, it's been a while. Yes, it has. Um, but he's one of the centaurs that we met <laughs> that wanted to that said, "Hey, Potter." You should not be here. He's specifically the one who did help Harry. Yes. And help Harry understand that it's Voldemort that's doing mm-hmm. all the bad stuff up at the school. And Bane was not happy about that. He's like, we don't get involved. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, you know, he's a kid. I'm going to do what I need to do. So Ferenz is unable to climb stairs, which makes sense. <laughs> so Dumbledore. He has little trotters. He got a little bit of a problem. So divination class is to meet in a ground floor classroom that has been enchanted to appear as the forbidden forest in the evening, which makes sense. Why not have him feel like he's where he's supposed to be, you know? So friends greets Harry saying that it was foretold they would meet again. You know, we need him to tell Harry everything else that's foretold at this point true because harry needs all the help he can get um friends explains to the class that we he would have preferred to teach in the forbidden forest but he has been banished by his herd for being too sympathetic to humans um but before class even starts like pavardi and lavender are so annoying and they're like Oh my goodness, I bet you wish you were in divination now, Hermione. And she's like, not really, why? (laughs) She actually says, not really, I've never really liked horses. So first of all, Hermione, he's not a horse, he's a centaur. But that means she likes him even less because he's half horse. Yes, I understand that, but that was rude. (laughs) To which Lavender actually says, he's not a horse, he's a centaur. And she says it sounding shocked. And Pavardi says, a gorgeous centaur. Really, Pavardi? Really, Pavardi? <sighs> and Hermione says, either way, he's still got four legs. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, well, I thought you both of you would be super upset now that Trelawney's gone. And Lavin says, we are. We went up to her office to see her. We took her some daffodils. Not the honking ones that Sprout's got. Nice ones. I want a honking daffodil. Right? And Harry's like, how is she? Ah, not very good. Poor thing. She was crying and saying she'd rather leave the castle forever than stay here if Umbridge is still here. And I don't blame her. Umbridge was horrible to her, wasn't she? And Hermione says, I've got a feeling Umbridge has only just started being horrible. Ah, uh, keep the mic. <laughs> Stop it. Sorry. It's okay. So that's that's what's up. And then we lead to the first class. 
<laughs> where honestly, Ferenz says, you know, divination is an inexact thing. What you've been learning with Trelawney is a bunch of bumpkiss. Well, before that, did you mention the hoof print on his chest? I did not. Okay. Harry notices a hoof print on Ferenz's chest. And after he says, we can't go to the forest because I've, I've been, been exiled. I've been banished by my by my herd. And that's when Harry notices the hoof print on his chest. And Harry's like, I wonder if that's a perfect match for Bane's hoof. Which it probably does. It probably is a match. Oh, <clears throat> no. Anyway. Yeah. Frenze says divination is often inexact, like you said, even mm-hmm. for centaurs. They watch the sky for tides or changes so slow and subtle that it may take ten years to determine what they have seen. Oh, let, let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. So, it's he says, I know that you have learned the name of the planets and their moons in astronomy, and that you have mapped the stars' progress through the heavens. Centaurs have unraveled the mysteries of these movements over centuries. Our findings teach us that the future may be glimpsed in the sky above us. Professor Trelawney did astrology with us, said Pavardi excitedly. Mars causes accidents and burns and things like that, and when it makes an angle to Saturn like now, that means people need to be extra careful when handling hot things. That, said Ferenz calmly, is human nonsense. <laughs> I love it. Um, Professor Trelawney, began Pavardi in a hurt and indignant voice is a human, said Ferenz simply, and is therefore blinkered and fettered by the limitations of your kind. I'm just saying. I mean. And they look really upset, and then he's like, Sybil Trelawney may have seen, I do not know, but she wastes her time in the main on the self-flattering nonsense humans call fortune-telling. I, however, am here to explain the wisdom of centaurs, which is impersonal and impartial. We watch the skies for the great tides of evil or change that are sometimes marked there. It may take ten years to be sure of what we are seeing. And he pointed to the red star directly above Harry. In the past decade, the indications have been that wizard kind is living through nothing more than a brief calm between two wars. Mars, bringer of battle, shines brightly above us, suggesting that the fight must break out again soon. How soon? Centaurs may attempt to divine by the burning of certain herbs and leaves, by the observation of fumes and flames. And he keeps going on and on while Harry is like, this is not something I have ever experienced before. Because Professor Trelawney was terrible. (laughs) He doesn't actually say it or think it that way. But let's be real. That's what he's thinking. Yeah. Um, So by the end of the class, no one feels like they've accomplished or learned anything. Because none of them can see any of the signs that he's tried to point out to them. Yeah. And I think he actually says in the chapter... Like, don't worry about it, because... Yeah. Again, it's so imprecise even for centaurs that, like, humans who don't have an affinity towards divination or astronomy slash astrology or anything like that... Yeah. ...wouldn't be able to understand or even pick up on it that quickly, especially. Yeah. He says, um, humans are were hardly ever good at it at this, that it took centaurs years and years to become competent, and finished by telling them that it was foolish to put too much faith in such things anyway, because even centaurs sometimes read them wrongly. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. Listen, I'm going to teach you something. But even sometimes we get it wrong. That is probably wrong that you probably won't even understand. What? <laughs> what are you... So the thing you're going to teach me is probably BS. And I won't have a chance of understanding it anyway. So even <laughs> if I got it right... <laughs> it's probably wrong. <laughs> that sounds like advanced calculus. 
I'm just saying. Or or like theoretical physics. It's all theory. There's no way to put it into practice. It's just an idea. Here's a theory. No. (laughs) Okay. So moving on. At the end of class, Firenze takes Harry aside and asks him to tell, to give Hagrid a message, which is, what he is doing will not work. Though Harry doesn't understand, he promises to tell Hagrid. Uh, unfortunately, with Umbridge now attending all of Hagrid's classes, though, it isn't until April uh, that Harry can pass on Frenzy's message to Hagrid, to which Hagrid replies that the attempt is working fine, and Frenzy does not know what he's talking about. Which... Forensic doesn't give me uh, the notion. There's no, I, I don't believe that he is um, unsure of or uh, what's the what's the word here? He seems to know what he's talking about generally, though maybe a little wishy washy. But I think if someone like Forensic tells you this is wrong, it's probably wrong. Whereas Hagrid has gone, no, this isn't dangerous, and it has been very dangerous. Yes. So I think, though I love Hagrid, I would probably trust Frenzy's word in this situation. Right? Like, wasn't wasn't Hagrid the one who said that the blast ended screws wouldn't hurt them? Follow the and, spiders. They'll, they'll help. Yeah, and the spiders tried to kill them. The blast ended screws burned them. It's just a dragon. They're misunderstood. Not when you're on fire. There you go. And you get bitten by one and you end up having to go to Madame Pomfrey to cure you. (coughs) Harry has begun teaching Dumbledore. Or wait, wait. The Book of Monsters? The Monster Book of Monsters. Just tickle the spine. It won't hurt you. To be fair, it's in the name. It's a The Monster Book of Monsters. Yeah, but he thought that it was great. I mean, perspective. Anyway, Harry has begun teaching Dumbledore's army the Patronus charm, and overall the class is doing well. Neville, in particular, has been a revelation to Harry, working hard to master every spell and improving with each lesson. During the last session before Easter break, Dobby runs in to warn them that Umbridge is on her way. Harry hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Harry Potter, sir, squeaked the elf, trembling from head to foot. Harry Potter, sir, Dobby has come to warn you, but the house elves have been warned not to tell. What happened, Dobby? Harry Potter, she, she, who's she, Dobby? Umbridge, asked Harry, horrified. What about her, Dobby? She hasn't found out about this, about us, about the DA. And he just looks, he, he, it says, he read the answer in the elf's stricken face. His hands held fast by Harry. The elf tried to kick himself and fell to the floor. Is she coming? Harry asked quietly. Yes, Harry Potter, yes. What are you waiting for? Harry bellowed. Run! <laughs> yeah. Um, let me see. Uh, Most escape, but Draco Malfoy catches Harry and turns him over to Umbridge. Harry is forcibly dragged to Dumbledore's office, where he finds Professor Dumbledore, Professor McGonagall, Cornelius Fudge, Percy Weasley, and two ministry aurors, including Kingsley Shacklebolt, who is... We know. So before we say that, I just want to mention, remember how Dobby had trouble speaking ill of his masters and going against their wishes? Harry actually says to him before he leaves, Dobby, this is an order. Get back down to the kitchen with the other elves. And if she asks you whether you warned me, lie and say no. And I forbid you to hurt yourself. And Dobby squeaked, thank you, Harry Potter. And he's gone. That's so sweet. Because you have to imagine that if he didn't include that last bit. He would have ironed his hands. Or closed his ears in a cupboard. Or... Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Because 
even though he hasn't taken Dumbledore as his master, mm-hmm. I think that in terms of hierarchy, teachers are like higher up on the chain than students in mm-hmm. terms of who they have to follow orders from. Yeah, and plus, Dumbledore is, is a very powerful wizard. Yeah. So he's probably feeling not obligated, but in 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 service of not servitude in service of mm-hmm. this very powerful wizard yeah which is why i think the staff of the school mm-hmm. has more sway over um households yeah but that's I don't why think... he like broke he broke mm-hmm. and disobeyed an order because technically he does not have a master he's an a house elf who gets paid a but wage he, but he is employed he and is so, employed, but his employment comes with a wage. Yeah. So I think that in his head, he's not like the other house elves who would think that that means he's in servitude of. Mm. He just feels like he's being paid a service by. But it's hard to break that habit and make that distinction in his mind because he's he was born yes. with that. He grew up with that. And so again, disobeying an order, you know is hard for him to reconcile. And so I'm sure he's struggling with it. But he still warns Harry. And Harry is like, no, you can't hurt yourself for telling me, for disobeying an order. Which is like a big deal. He probably has never had something like that before. Because he, his his old family, the Malfoys, are awful people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway... On Dumbledore's uh, silent instruction, Harry denies knowing why he is there. So, it starts with, well, 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 from Cornelius Fudge. And then Umbridge says, he was heading back to Gryffindor Tower. The Malfoy boy cornered him. It actually says there was an indecent excitement in her voice. The same callous pleasure Harry had heard as she watched Professor Trelawney dissolving with misery in the entrance hall. And then he says, um, did he, did he? I must remember to tell Lucius. Well, Potter, I expect you know why you're here. And then Dumbledore gives the silent, you know, don't, don't say nothing. Don't start nothing. There won't be nothing. Shh. Keep your mouth closed. imperceptible shake of the head. Yes. And he says, yeah, no. I beg your pardon, said Fudge. No, said Harry firmly. You don't know why you're here? No, I don't, said Harry. Fudge looked incredulously from Harry to Professor Umbridge. Harry took advantage of his momentary inattention to steal another look, another quick look at Dumbledore, who gave the carpet the tiniest of nods and the shadow of a wink. So I like how he's winking at carpets. <laughs> Which is basically just, good job, boy. Good job. Yep. And Fudge is like, so you have no idea why Professor Umbridge has brought you to this office. You are not aware that you have broken any school rules? School rules? No. Or ministry decrees? Not that I'm aware of, said Harry blandly. His heart was still hammering very fast. It was almost worth telling these lies to watch Fudge's blood pressure rising, but he could not see how on earth he would get away with them. If somebody had tipped off Umbridge about the DA, then he, the leader, might as well be packing his trunk right now. Uh, true. Yeah. Um, so... This is where it says... So it's news to you, is it, said Fudge, his voice now thick with anger, that an illegal student organization has been discovered within this school. Yes, it is, said Harry, hoisting an unconvincing look of innocent surprise onto his face. I love Harry. I love him so much. (laughs) With his, who, me? (gasps) I would never... (laughs) Boy who who even... flew a an enchanted car into a much beloved tree. Okay, they like down. to beat Calm people down, up. <laughs> How dare you? Mm. Um. So he said, "Yes, yes, you do." There's nothing like a good nit- witness, is there, Dumbledore? Nothing at all, Cornelius. And that is when 
Professor Umbridge accuses Harry of holding an illegal meeting. Um, well, an illegal meeting of all kinds of things. So Umbridge fetches their informant that there was a an illegal group. The informant told them. And let's just read what it says. Um... There was a wait of several minutes in which nobody looked at each other. Then Harry heard the door open behind him. Umbridge moved past him into the room. Gripping by the shoulder, chose curly-haired friend Marietta, who was hiding her face in her hands. Don't be scared, dear. Don't be frightened, said Professor Umbridge softly. Uh, It's quite all right now. You have done the right thing. The minister is very pleased with you. He'll be telling your mother what a good girl you've been. Marietta's mother, minister, is Madame Edgecombe from the Department of Magical Transportation, Flu Network Office. She's been helping us police the Hogwarts fires, you know. See, we knew it. We knew all along since, um, what was it? The, The chapter where somebody's hand tried to grab Sirius out of the fire? Uh, yeah. Umbridge. That they were... All the communications in and out of the castle monitored, so... Yeah. It makes sense. Now we know that it was Marietta's mother helping her police the Hogwarts fires. Uh, jolly good, jolly good. Like mother, like daughter, eh? It doesn't even feel like a school anymore. It feels like a prison. Yeah. It, it's felt like a prison for the past couple of chapters. And it's just like... Well, not even just a prison because of Umbridge, but like, this is ministry approved. Yeah. The government's like, wow, we're going to make this school into a prison and you're going to thank us for it. And it's like, no, I will not actually. Yeah. So... I will fight you. Pretty much. (coughs) Well, come on now, dear. Look up. Don't be shy. Let's hear what you've got to... Galloping gargoyles. Well, what happens? Marietta raises her head and Fudge leaps backwards in shock. Why? Because Marietta's face has been horribly disfigured by a series of close-set purple pustules that had spread across her nose and cheeks to form the word sneak. Oh, yeah. So Umbridge, poor Marietta, she wails and pulls back her robes right over her eyes before the whole room saw it. Um, but everyone saw it anyway. And Umbridge is like, never mind the spots now, dear. Just take your robes away from your mouth and tell the minister. But she's like, nope, nope. Shaking her head. Nope, 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 nope. Mm-hmm. Not saying anything. And Umbridge is like, very well, silly girl, I'll tell him. And she says, well, minister, Miss Edgecombe here came to my office shortly after dinner this evening and told me she had something she wanted to tell me. She said that if I proceeded to a secret room on the seventh floor, sometimes known as the room of requirement, I would find out something to my advantage. I questioned her a little further, and she admitted that there was to be some kind of meeting there. Unfortunately, at that point, this hex came into operation and upon catching sight of her face in my mirror the girl became too distressed to tell me any more well yeah i mean it makes sense it's a teenage a teenager in general not just a girl guys care about their appearance as well but it's in a moment where low-key like a lot of your like um popularity mm-hmm. is about how you carry and present yourself and as a teenager, a lot of your self-worth is defined in how you look. Yeah. Not the kind of person you are, but you what look, you look like. Uh, how expensive your clothes are, the, who you hang out with. But a lot of it, I mean, is like a very superficial thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yikes. This was very well written in that respect. Uh-huh. Um, so... And and let's be real, it's not even like pimples. They said pustules. Mm-hmm. Let's spell out the word sneak. Let's spell out the word sneak. 
Um, so Fudge says, well, now it is very brave of you, my dear, coming to tell Professor Umbridge you did exactly the right thing. Now, will you tell me what happened at this meeting? What was its purpose? Who was there? But Marietta would not speak. She just shook her head. No, her eyes wide and fearful. Haven't we got a counter jinx for this so she can speak free freely? And Umbridge says, I have not managed to find one, but it doesn't matter if she won't speak. I can take up the story from here. You will remember, Minister, that I sent you a report back in October that Potter had met a few of the fellow students in the Hogsmeade, Hogshead in Hogsmeade. <sighs> Again, this is why Hermione, although super duper book smart, should have just had them meet at, at the Three Broomsticks. Because it would have seemed normal. And there would have been enough noise to cover up their conversation. They went to an out-of-the-way place where very few people were there that students usually don't go to for a clandestine meeting in an otherwise unfriendly environment because of Umbridge. You know? So... This is what, when Umbridge accuses Harry of holding an illegal meeting in October, saying that information came from Willie Widdershins. Mm-hmm. Um, and Professor McGonagall comments that she now understands why Willie was never charged for all of those regurgitating toilets. He cut a deal with the ministry to inform on teenagers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Dude. he's he's a piece of trash. Dude. So, yeah, and it says here, oh, so that's why he wasn't persecuted for setting up all those regurgitating toilets. What an interesting insight into our justice system. Professor McGonagall, your queen. Mm -hmm. Um, But then... Blatant corruption! Mm -hmm. Roared the portrait of the corpulent red-nosed wizard on the wall behind Dumbledore's desk. The ministry did not cut deals with petty criminals in my day. No, sir, they did not. Thank you, Fortescue. That will do, <laughs> said Dumbledore softly. Dumbledore does point out, though, that the meeting happened two days before the decree banning that meeting, and therefore the meeting was legal. So she says, the purpose of, her- of Potter's meeting with these students was to persuade them to join an illegal society whose na- aim was to learn spells and curses the ministry had decided are inappropriate for school age I think you'll find you're there. You're wrong there, Dolores," said Dumbledore quietly. "Oh, uh, yes. Do let's hear the latest cock and bull story designed to pull Harry out of trouble. Go on, then, Dumbledore. Go on. Willie Wittershin was was lying, was he? Or it's I mean, Potter's I mean, identical twin in the Hogshead that day? Or is there the un- the usual simple explanation <coughs> involving a reversal of time, a dead man coming back to life, and a couple of invisible dementors? And Percy lets out a hearty laugh and says, oh, very good, minister, very good. I would have broken his nose. Uh, no one could have stopped me. I-, I want to know in what world, in what mindset, Percy must be in to allow for such cognitive dissonance. He knows Harry. He's shared a place with Harry, like close quarters, because the burrow isn't super huge, like the home isn't super huge. He's shared breakfast with him and meals with him and like a bathroom. You don't share a bathroom with someone without learning a thing or two about them. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't understand in what. Where does his mind have to be to allow him to think that Harry Potter is actually a lying criminal? Yeah. <coughs> OK, so anyway, let's let's keep it moving. Dangerous. Yes. Um, Cornelius, I do not deny and nor. I am sure does Harry that he was in the hogshead that day, nor that he was trying to recruit students to a defense against the dark arts group. I am merely pointing out that Dolores is quite wrong to suggest (laughs) that such a group was, 
at the time illegal. If you remember, the ministry decree banning all student societies was not put into effect until two days after Harry's Hogsmeade meeting, so he was not breaking any rules in the Hogshead at all. Got him. Gotcha. Mike drop. Not really, because I pay, somebody paid a good amount of money for this mic. Um, Percy looked as though he had been struck in the face by something very yeah, heavy. My fist. Fudge remained motionless in mid-bounce, his mouth hanging open. Umbridge recovered first. Well, that's all very fine, Headmaster, she said, smiling sweetly. But we are now nearly six months on from the introduction of Educational Decree Number 24. If the first meeting was not illegal, all of those that have happened since most certainly are. Well, said Dumbledore, surveying her with polite interest over the top of his interlocked fingers, they certainly would be if they had continued after the decree came into effect. Do you have any evidence that these meetings continued? I love it. I love it. Because she can't say that she does. She's she's assuming that they did because she automatically assumes the worst of Harry Potter. Of course. So... Sorry, I had to take a drink, a, a sip of water. Well, a sip of energy drink, let's be real. Um, she automatically assumes the worst of him because Fudge assumes the worst of him. And if Fudge assumes the worst of him and she's just a, a willing servant of the ministry, she's also going to think the worst of him, right? Naturally. Naturally. So when she when he says evidence... She's, like, taken aback. Evidence? Have you not been listening, Dumbledore? Why do you think Miss Edgecombe is here? Oh, can she tell us about six months' worth of meetings? Said Dumbledore, raising his eyebrows. I was under the impression that she was merely reporting a meeting tonight. <laughs> Miss Edgecombe, said Umbridge at once. Tell us how long these meetings have been going on, dear. You can simply nod or shake your head. I'm sure that won't make the spots worse. Have they been happening regularly over the last six months? So, Harry feels like, oh, crap. Because we know they have been. We know they've been doing stuff. We know they've been working on all kinds of... of spells and jinxes and counter jinxes and trying to figure out how to defend themselves because clearly the ministry won't allow them to learn it in school in a safe place like they're supposed to no let's start an illegal organization to learn something we should be learning anyway i think you missed the bit where harry felt something whoosh past him no not yet okay um just nod or shake your head, dear, Umbridge said coaxingly to Marietta. Come on now, that won't activate the drinks further. Everyone in the room was gazing at the top of Marietta's head. Only her eyes were visible between the pulled up robes and her curly fringe. Perhaps it was a, trink, a trick of the firelight, but her eyes looked oddly blank. And then, to Harry's utter amusement, you didn't miss it. Marietta shook her head. Oh, there it was. As Dumbledore spoke, and he said, well, can you? Can she? Um, is there any evidence? That's when Harry heard a rustle behind him and rather thought Kingsley whispered something. He could have sworn, too, that he felt something brush against his side, a gentle something like a draft or a bird wing. But something down, uh, but looking down, <coughs> he saw nothing there. So he felt, hoo-hoo, flutter. Mm -hmm. and she she shook her head she silently nods her head in agreement to Dumbledore's assertion that there was never a defense group <laughs> I love it I love it Umbridge is like I don't think you understood the question did you dear I'm asking whether you've been going to these meetings for the past six months you have hadn't you Marietta shook her head what do you mean by shaking your head dear 
<laughs> I would have thought her meaning was quite clear, said Professor McGonagall harshly. There have been no secret meetings for the past six months. Is that correct, Miss Edgecombe? Marietta nodded. But there was a meeting tonight, said Umbridge furiously. There was a meeting, Miss Edgecombe. You told me about it in the room of requirement. And Potter was the leader, was he not? Potter organized it. Potter, why are you shaking your head, girl? Well, usually, when a person shakes their head, said McGonagall coldly, they mean no. So unless Miss Edgecombe is using a form of sign language as yet unknown to humans. I love it. I love it. And that's when Professor Umbridge seizes Marietta, pulling her around to face her and shaking her very hard. Really? So we're going to physically assault students now? The next part is good. Um... So, a split second later, Dumbledore was on his feet, his wand raised. Kingsley started forward, and Umbridge leapt back from Marietta, waving her hands in the air as though they had been burned. I cannot allow you to manhandle my students, Dolores. You want to calm yourself, Madam Umbridge, said Kingsley in his deep, slow voice. You don't want to get yourself in trouble now. No. No said Umbridge breathlessly, glancing up at the towering figure of Kingsley. I mean, yes, you're right, Chuckabolt. I forgot myself. No, you didn't. This is what you've been wanting to do since you got there. You're an evil woman, and you always will be an evil woman. And you just had people witness how you're willing to physically assault a minor who was in your care to ruin another minor's life. You know, just cause. Just cause it's a day that ends in Y. Mm-hmm. Um, so continue. <clears throat> okay, so to, I'll I'll read this part. Well. Uh-huh. Really quickly. Um Fudge is like, well, Dolores, what about the meeting we know definitely happened tonight? Yes. Well, Marietta told her about the meeting that happened tonight, and with certain trustworthy students that went up to the seventh floor to find them, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, red, catch them red-handed, but they were warned, obviously. By it appears that they were forewarned of my arrival, however, because when we reached the seventh floor, they were running in every direction. It does not matter, however... I have all their names here. Miss Parkinson ran into the room of requirement for me to see if they had left anything behind. And to Harry's horror, the room provided what they were looking for, Mm -hmm. which was the parchment that had everyone's name that was headed with Dumbledore's army. Well, it says, the moment I saw Potter's name on this list, I knew what we were dealing with. Excellent, said Fudge. Excellent, Dolores. And by thunder! See what they've named themselves, Dumbledore's Army. Dumbledore reached out and looked at the piece of parchment from, and took the piece of parchment, parchment, can't talk, from Fudge. He gazed at the heading scribbled by Hermione's months before, Hermione's, really? There's multiple of them? Months before, and for a moment seemed unable to speak. Then he looked up, smiling. Well, the game is up, he said simply. Would you like a written confession from me, Cornelius, or will a statement before these witnesses suffice? Yep, so Dumbledore pleasantly admits that he was indeed building a secret wizard army and says, and says that this was to, uh, to have been their first meeting. Harry he- tries to uh, take the blame, but Dumbledore tells him to be quiet. Dumbledore's army, Cornelius. Not, Pot- not Potter's army. Dumbledore's army. But, but, you? That's right. You organized this? I did, said Dumbledore. You recruited these students for for your army? Tonight was supposed to be the first meeting, said Dumbledore, nodding, merely to see whether they would be interested in joining me. I see now that it was a, a mistake to invite Miss Edgecombe, of course. Marietta nodded. Fudge looked from her to Dumbledore, his chest swelling. Then you have been plotting against me, he yelled. That's right, said Dumbledore cheerfully. No, shouted Harry. 
no, Professor Dumbledore. And I think that was uh, Harry again, because McGonagall's wise eyes widened threateningly. But it was suddenly dawning upon Harry what Dumbledore was doing. Mm-hmm. Be quiet, Harry, or I'm afraid you will have to leave my office, said <laughs> Dumbledore calmly. Yes, shut up, Potter, barked Fudge, who was still ogling, ogling, ogling. We're going to go with ogling. Dumbledore with a kind of horrified delight. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 I came here tonight expecting to expel Potter, and instead, instead you get to arrest me said Dumbledore, mm-hmm. smiling. It's like losing a, a knut and finding a galleon, yes. isn't it? I mean, yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> True. Weasley, Weasley, have you written it all down? Everything he said, his confession, have you got it? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think so, sir. Anyway, Fudge dispatches Percy him. to send them meeting notes to the Daily Prophet. Dumbledore assures Fudge they will be unable to arrest him, and as Fudge orders the uh, the Aurors to take Dumbledore into custody, uh, a white light suddenly streaks across the room, knocking out Umbridge, Fudge, Dawlish, and Shacklebolt, and leaving the office in shambles. So before, I, I because this is funny. Yes. Okay. Let me see. Hold on. Okay. He says, um, you will now be escorted back to the ministry where you will be formally charged and then sent to Azkaban to await trial. That was fudge. Said Dumbledore gently. Yes. Yes, I thought we might hit that little snag. Snag? Said fudge, his voice still vibrating with joy. I see no snag, Dumbledore. Well, I'm afraid I do. Oh, really? Well... It's just that you seem to be laboring under the delusion that I am going to... What is the phrase? Come quietly. I am afraid I am not going to come quietly at all, Cornelius. I have absolutely no intention of being sent to Azkaban. I could break out, of course. But what a waste of time. And frankly, I can think of a whole host of things I would rather be doing. So Umbridge is getting angrier and angrier her face getting redder and redder fudge is staring at dumbledore just with a silly expression on his face like he's stunned um he makes a little choking noise and then kingsley and the man with gray short gray hair who's there um are standing everyone's just silent fudge looks at them after making a little choking sound yeah he wants them to intervene and Kingsley doesn't move, but the other man gives him a slight nod, and is um, like, and moves forward, mm-hmm. uh, you know, reaching for his 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 wand it, it his towards pocket his pocket casually, which is where his wand. Yeah, is. and then Dumbledore says, "Don't be silly, Dollish. I'm sure you are an excellent orer. I seem to remember that you achieved outstanding in all your newts, but if you attempt to er uh, bring me in by force, I will have to hurt you." And Dollish blinks looking rather foolish and he looked toward fudge again just to be sure and he's like so sneered fudge recovering himself you attend to take on dollish shacklebolt dolores and myself single-handedly do you dumbledore merlin's beard no not unless you are foolish enough to force me to he will not be single-handed said professor mcgonagall loudly plunging her hand inside her robes oh yes he will minerva Hogwarts needs you. Enough of this rubbish. Dollish, Shacklebolt, take him! A shriek of silver light flashed across the room. There was a bang like a gunshot, and the floor trembled. A hand grabbed the scruff of Harry's neck and forced him down on the floor as a second silver flash went off. Several of the portraits yelled. Fox screeched, and a cloud of dust filled the air. Coughing in the dust, Harry saw a dark figure fall to the ground with a crash in front of him. There was a shriek and a thud, and someone cried, No! In the sound of breaking glass, frantically scuffling footsteps, a groan, and silence. So Dumbledore makes sure that everyone's alright. McGonagall says she's fine. The dust clears, and you can see the wreckage in Dumbledore's office. His desk is overturned. Um, The table's knocked on the floor. The silver instruments on it are in pieces. Fudge, Umbridge, Kingsley, and Dawlish are motionless on the floor. Fox the Phoenix soared in wide circles around them, singing softly. And Dumbledore's like, I had to hex Kingsley too, otherwise it would look too suspicious. 
And he says, um, you must act as if no time has passed, as though you were merely knocked to the ground. They will not remember. Yeah, and Dumbledore asserts that he's not going into hiding and that um, Fudge is going to regret trying to take him out of, away from Hogwarts, out of his position. Mm-hmm. Um, and Harry tries to sort of, I don't, what's, what's the word here? Like plead with him, not stop plead. him. I don't know. It's a, it's such a specific action that I can't think of a word for it. He's trying to sort of take his part of the blame by addressing Dumbledore. I feel like that's what you would do in the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Someone takes a fall for you, and you're like, no, wait, please, kind of thing. Like it's like a plead. For respond uh, for responsibility, I don't even again. I don't know what it is. I don't know. He's trying to be accountable. I don't even know. That's it. He is trying to be accountable. Account- yeah. he is trying to be accountable for for what's just happened. He's trying to talk to Dumbledore, and Dumbledore's last wish is he for says, Harry to continue his occlumency yes. lessons, to close his mind, to not um see into Voldemort's mind he says he will understand he says listen to me Harry you must study occlumency as hard as you can do you understand me do everything Professor Snape tells you and practice it practically particularly every night before sleeping so that you can close your mind to bad dreams you will understand why soon enough but you must promise me remember close your mind you will understand Fox circles the office, swoops lower over him. Dumbledore releases Harry, raises his <coughs> hand, grasps the phoenix's long golden tail. There's a flash of fire, and the pair are gone. Whoosh, gone. Mm-hmm. Well, everyone everyone starts to wake up who's been stunned momentarily. Um, where is he? Where is he? I don't know. He can't have disapparated. You can't inside the school, the stairs, and then Dollish runs, you know, pulls the door open and tries to run out to find Dumbledore. And, well, Minerva, I'm afraid this is the end of your friend Dumbledore, says Fudge. You think so, do you? Um, Fudge ignores her. Uh, you better get uh, those two off the bed. Um, Fudge says to McGonagall about Harry and Marietta. Um, and then the last thing you hear... I'm going to read the last bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said nothing. But marched Harry and Marietta to the door. As it swung closed behind him, Harry heard Phineas Nigellus's voice. You know, Minister, I disagree with Dumbledore on many counts, but you cannot deny he's got style. Which in the book, in the movie, it was shackable. Yes. And I don't know why, but it kind of fit a little better if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, we know that Phineas Nigellus is kind of sneery, taunting, kind of little weasel kind of dude. I mean, he he's part of the black family. Yes. But your own person telling you, like, hey, listen. Like, you can't be mad at him. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of funny. Like, it, it's messed up what he did to us, but you kind of can't be mad at him. It's a little different. That's yeah. all I'm saying. It had more of an emphasis, I think, when it was from... It had more oomph. Yes. And that's that. That's the chapter. You know, they they got caught. Things are going to be closing up here very shortly. Yes. There's not much more in terms of um, chapters, but in terms of content, we're really going to hit... Everything starts to pick up quickly from here. Yeah. Um, and then we have, what, like two more chapters of kind of build stuff, and then... And then it hits you hard. It's like, boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. And how many how many chapters all together are left? There's a few. There's okay, a few. So let, let me read. Let, Snape's worst memory. Career's advice. Grop. Owls. Out of the fire. Fight and flight. So we are literally... Let me see. Four chapters out from like crazy stuff. One, two, three, four, five. Five chapters out from crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a right. A, that's crazy, right? And then it's 
Well, that's like six chapters of straight action, so... Yeah. Prepare thyselves. It's gonna it's gonna get intense. Yes. And even the 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 one chapter that sounds like it's gonna be fine, owls. That's no. got some craziness in there too. Exactly. Dun dun dun. Be prepared. I hate that dramatic music. Sound. I love it. I don't care. Okay. I I don't I do it every once in a while. I don't <laughs> do it every episode. Like relax. Not every episode. Not every episode. Quite a few, but not all of them. So don't go mm, to me. <laughs> anyway, that's it, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. That was a good episode. Yep. Yeah.